Now, Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. Elijah talked different. Usually you'd say, except at his word. This man said, except that I am going to stop the rain. Come on, how many of you wish you had that type of power? I'm kind of glad you don't. You'd walk around and hurt people, amen. Come on, hallelujah, amen. How many of you ever prayed a prayer that you know wasn't godly? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe. Now, I want you to notice about him. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to teach you while I, while I read this scripture. Uh, uh, he never died. The Lord took him. And we also, this is the beginning of who he is. We don't know where he came from. We don't know his parents. We don't know. This man just shows up, does a job, and he's gone. This is a powerful man. He goes to the king at the time and says, King, and you're going to see in a minute why this is important. It is not going to rain. There's not going to be no dew for the next years except at my word. Verse 2, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here and turn eastward and hide in Kerith Ravine east of Jordan for there you will drink from the brook I have directed the ravens to supply to you with food there amen and so he did what the Lord had told him he went to the Kerith ravine east of Jordan and stayed there and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook come on somebody come on somebody and sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land and then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath. Now last week we read about this when we talked about Jesus said there's two prophets that he referred to when he said a prophet is without honor. The story that we preached last week was the one story in which the whole of Israel was not cleansed of leprosy and who was cleansed was a foreigner. Because they did not honor the prophet. Likewise again, this prophet is without honor in his own nation. And so the Bible says, go to Zarephath. This is a Phoenician woman. All of this is going to matter in a minute. This is a Canaanite woman. Amen. In the region of Sidon. With, uh, uh, and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Food. God will use people that ain't even look like they were supposed to be the ones to supply to come through for you. 
And, and, and so he said, go at once to the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came and called, uh, uh, when he came to the town, the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. This is a working woman. This ain't a lazy woman. Only got like two amens. All the working ladies make some noise. It's a lot. Amen. She was gathering sticks. And he called to her and he asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Now, if I was her, knowing that water is now a high-priced commodity, I would ask him, what exactly are you willing to pay for this jar of water? But not so. So he went, uh, he said, a water of jar that I may drink. Next verse. And as she was going to get it, she didn't question the man of God. She didn't even, that's why when the Bible says, I have prepared a widow, God must have did something in this woman's heart prior to him coming. Because if you're in a famine and there's no water, the brooks have dried up, you ain't giving no water away. Come on, somebody. Come on. But she did not hesitate. She went to get it. And he called and he said, oh, by the way, this prophet is a little pushy. He said, not only do I want some water, but can you please bring me a piece of bread? The King James says, bake me some cakes. She said, well, wait a minute now. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. How many of you know? Oh, my gosh. That, that, that when you're dealing with God, uh, my father had a sermon that said it like this. Little is much when God is in it. Come on, how many of you know when you're dealing with God, he, he, your little is not little no more? You see, a lot of people are looking for a lot, but I want you to know you plus God is always the majority. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. You plus God equals the majority. And she said, all that I have is a handful of flour. And a lot of us, that's what we do. We look at our lives like this is all that I got. But all that you got put in God's hands is more. Than you will ever imagine. She says, all I got is a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I want you to know that's bread and oil. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. Bread and oil. Hallelujah. If you know anything about symbolism, bread and oil. Bread and oil. Bread and oil. Bread and oil in a jug. If you <laughs> and I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. I know you're about to die because you have nothing to eat, but I'm telling you, bring me some bread. 
Oh, I feel like preaching already. I, I, there's, there's another part of the Bible. Hallelujah. I'm probably jumping ahead of myself here. There's another part in the Bible where Jesus went to this same region. And the Bible says that as he went to Sidon, a Canaanite woman came to him. And the Canaanite woman said, my daughter is demon possessed. And Jesus ignored her. Uh, and I often wondered about that story because the way that story goes about, it, 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 it's very difficult to preach because of the language that is used to that woman. But it wasn't until recent, the connection between this story and that story. There was a woman who, was, who Elijah came to who asked her for bread. And then fast forward, a woman from the same region is coming to the bread of... Ah, y'all ain't, ain't come for church today. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, and and G, Jesus ignored her, ignored her, ignored her. And she kept saying, please, master, please, please. And Jesus said, shall I take, hallelujah, the, 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 the children's bread, what was meant for Israel, the bread of Israel, and give it to dogs? What's crazy is Israel in Elijah's time don't even want bread. And the bread, you can't even find bread there. The bread is going to be found. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And, and, and the woman says, the woman says, well, well, wait a minute now. I don't need a whole loaf. All I need is the crumbs that drops. Even the little dogs, they like to eat the crumbs. And all I need from you is a crumb. And Jesus stood up immediately and said, Never have I seen such great faith, not even in all of Israel. There's something happening here. There's something about bread. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, he said, don't be afraid. Go first and make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something and then make something. And But wait a minute, I just told you I only have enough for one. So if I made it for you, what are you talking about? Then make for me. Hallelujah. And watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, go on, next verse, hallelujah. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not. How many of you know bread don't never run out and oil don't never run out in the kingdom? He said, will not run out until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And she went away and did it as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. Today what I want to talk to you about, the title of my sermon today, and I want to say this to every believer in this room. The title of my subject today is God Will Provide. Maybe you don't need nothing. But for those that need something, I came to tell you today that God will 
provide. Everybody in the room might not need bread because you live in America and bread is all over the place. But I got a feeling there's somebody that needs a mental breakthrough today. I want you to know that God will provide healing. God will provide breakthrough. Whatever you're facing today, we serve a God that is more than able to meet every need. If you can have the need, if you can be bold enough to have a need, he is bold enough to provide. Provide the answer. God will provide. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer today. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you thanks for who you are. We worship you. We lift up your name and we give you praise for all that you will do in this house. I thank you, Lord, and I ask that you begin to speak right now in this house. Begin to move in this atmosphere. Begin to break through in this house. Oh God, I invite your sweet Holy Spirit in this place to move. I invite your Holy Spirit to break strongholds. Break every God, Lord, thing that is unlike you. Break God attitudes. Break, Lord God, break uh, 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 mindsets. Break things, God, that would seek to keep us, God, back and from progressing. Break every stronghold. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Would somebody say amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah the bible hallelujah is a book that reveals who god is and one of the ways in which god reveals who he is to us is by his names have you ever wondered why god has so many names i don't have a lot of names i got three hallelujah amen my first my middle and my last amen but god has many names and when we were naming our children we wanted to give them significant names because a name should represent something about the person nowadays people name their name you know funny stuff amen hallelujah and they got funny ways of naming kids they from queens they named the kid queens Hallelujah. And the kid ain't, the kid probably is going to move. And they, funny thing is they move and move to Florida. And then the kid grew up with, with Brooklyn or Queens as their name in, 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 in Fort Lauderdale. Come on, somebody, y'all know what I'm talking about? We do all kinds of crazy things with names nowadays, but a name should reveal something about the person. The thing about God is every one of his name is not really just a name that you can call him. It reveals something about his character. It reveals something about his attribute attributes it reveals something about his nature and so from the very beginning when you read in the beginning god that word there is elohim elohim is a is a plural word hallelujah which immediately reveals to you that god is not a singular being he is a triune father son and holy spirit and it says elohim created so the word elohim though it means almighty god it means the definition is creator god hallelujah you you have words like El Shaddai, which means he's eternally strong. You have, uh, you could go on and give him uh, all these names that he has, amen. But there's one specific name I want to focus on today because this name, hallelujah, literally means that he will provide, and that is the name Jehovah. Come on, hallelujah. Imagine that's the name of the God we serve. That alone, when I walk around and I feel like I'm lacking anything, I ought to be ashamed of myself to ever say that I need something when the name of my God is. 
I got a dead church today. I'm going to preach till the keyboard shout today. Hallelujah. I'm telling y'all, I should never ever walk around and say that I am being attacked or this is going to take me under when the name of my God is, I will provide. And so I don't know if you've got a bill that's due. I know a God who's able to supply all of your needs according to his riches. I don't know if you've got a dream that seems so big and costly. I'm here to tell you that the God that you serve will provide for the dream. I don't know if you're going through something at home. I don't know if there's something happening in your life. The name of our God is he will provide. Hallelujah. Whatever you need, God will provide. The funny thing about that is that all of these names, they're kind of revealed to men through tough circumstances. It is through tough situations that they go through that they eventually blurt out one of his names. This happened to Abraham. Abraham was told that God was going to make him a great nation. Hallelujah. And that he was going to have children like when you look up to the sky. Hallelujah. All the stars in the sky and count the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will be like this. But Abraham had a problem. He couldn't have one child. But how many know that's the type of God we serve? When you have a need, he will teach you that he is... He's able to provide, hallelujah. And so he had a need, hallelujah. And sometimes when you got a need, you want to help God. But I want to tell you in this room, you don't never need to help God. God is more than able to do everything he says he is going to do. And sometimes we try to help God. Whenever you try to help God, you miss God's blessings. Let God's hands do what God promises. I'll give you a story. There was a little boy who went into a candy shop one day. Hallelujah. I feel my strength coming in this house. Ah, God, hallelujah. There was a little boy uh, uh, who went into a candy shop one day. And as he walked up to the front, the, 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 the guy who was the, at the cash register said, Hey, I got this bunch of candies here. Grab and take all you want. So he turned to the little kid and he said, Hey, kid, grab and take all you want. And the kid stayed quiet and refused. And the man looked at him like, what kind of strange kid is this? Would you take the candy? And the kid would not. And the kid would not. And the mother looked down and said, kid, why wouldn't you take it? And he would not. And the man said, okay, if you ain't going to take it, I'll take it for you. And he grabs a bunch of candy and puts it in the boy's bag and went outside. When they got outside, the, the mother said, what is wrong with you? You talk all the time in the house. Why wouldn't you go to the candy shop? You act like you don't know how to talk. The little boy said, simple, mom. If I took my hands, it's so small. But I wanted him to take because his hands... When you try, you get a lesser blessing. But when you let God's hands move in your situation, God's hands is much bigger than any hands in this room. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm going to preach you out of whatever you are worried about today. I'm going to preach you out of whatever you're going through today. In the name of Jesus, God is able to provide. And so Abraham tried to help God and he went and had a son by the name of Ishmael. Hallelujah. And then God said, I, I appreciate your help, but that ain't it. I'm telling you, there's coming an Isaac. And he laughed. And God said, you like to laugh, huh? I'm going to name you according to your situation. You're going to name your son laughter so that every time you call his name, you'll remember that when I said I'll provide, you laughed. When you thought it was impossible, you laughed. But I'm going to remind you every time that I am God. And he God went on to give him a child by the name of Isaac. And he's loving Isaac. Here's the promised child. And how many of you know God has a way of always testing to see if you love him or you love the blessing? Yeah. 
Oh, come on, somebody. And one day God, what if God took away everything you own right now? A lot of us worship him because of what he's done for us. But what if he asks you for what you have currently? Are you willing enough to do that and let it go for the glory of God? Come on, be careful what you say. Some of you are like, before I say it, let me think about it. Because God has a way of when you say something, say you said it, I'm going to see if you... Hallelujah. And the Bible says God came to this man and said, I want you to take your son, your one and only son, and sacrifice your one and only son. Listen to the word. and Take your one and only. Now, he had another son, but he said, take your only son. In other words, the son of the promise. Take your only son and take him to a mountain I will show you. Take him to a mountain I will show you. And there, I want you to put him on the wood and sacrifice him. Y'all see what I'm doing here? Where are my Bible people at? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, take him on the mountain, put him on the wood and sacrifice your one and only son. And go and do that. The Bible says that he begun to travel and he arrived on the third day. This was a three-day travel. So it took him three days to take the son where he was going to be dead and three days to bring him back alive. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Y'all ain't hearing. When he got there, the Bible says that the, the son, took, uh, when, he, when he looked at the, the, the servants, he said to the servants, stay here. I'm going to go up there and I'm we're going to go to worship and we're coming back. Now, it's either Abraham is a liar or he knew something else. He said, we are coming back. He knows fully well that he's going to sacrifice this son, but he's talking different. He's talking. Sometimes you don't talk according to the situation. You, he says, we're coming back. As he begins to travel, the son says, hey, pops, I've been to church with you many times. And we often sacrifice, and there's usually a sacrifice. Now, I see you got the wood. I see you got the fire. I see you got the knife the big long knife but where is the sacrifice and he said don't worry son God will God will God will God and to prove to you to prove to you Abraham wasn't just some crazy old man when you get to the book of Hebrews it tells you that Abraham believed God and he knew that two things was going to happen either God when he killed the boy was going to resurrect him back from the dead. But he knew for sure that his son was not going to die. And the Bible says that he went up on the mountain. And as he begun to put the sacrifice together. Here's the crazy thing. He's building the altar. There is no animal. He completes building the altar. Sets it up and still no animal. He has to now, the Bible don't give you the details, but I would have loved to see how this occurred between Abraham and Isaac. I, in my mind, I don't believe it was as difficult as we might have made it. Many preachers think Isaac, you know, they make it funny like Abraham pulls out the knife and he's just looking over at Isaac like he's going to murder his son. I believe it went a little bit different. I believe the son willingly said, I will lay my life down. And so he gets his son on the altar and still no animal. God does not 
answer and provide for him until full obedience is displayed. I said this last week and I'm going to say it again. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. If you're going to see God's hand, some people think just because they give God half a tithe, they obey. Some people, because they give God half of whatever he's asked them for, uh, 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 I, I come to church every now and then. I've obeyed. Partial obedience is disobedience. God doesn't bless until you totally obeyed. And it wasn't until he was getting ready to kill the boy. He heard an angel say, stop. Don't you put your hands on the boy. Now I know that you will listen to me and obey me. And at that moment, he heard a ram caught in the thicket. And he turned and he saw the animal. He brought the animal and sacrificed it. And this is how we're given the name. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Interesting enough, he didn't say the Lord did provide. Because that's what happened. The Lord will provide speaks of a future event. He, he should have rightfully said, praise the Lord. The Lord did provide. But how many of you know something about God? When he displays his name, it's never for the moment. It's always in continuum. I'm talking to somebody in this house today. When God spoke to Moses and Moses said, who you are? He said, I am. Hallelujah. What do you mean? I'm not. I'm not. Yes, I, I'm not. I was. I am. I will be. I will forever continue to be who I am right now. Hallelujah. So if I'm a healer today, guess what? I'm a a healer tomorrow if I'm a way maker today guess what I'm a way maker tomorrow the God we serve everything he did in the Bible he is able to do in 2023 hallelujah keep it keep it don't don't bring it back up here hallelujah our God is able he didn't say I the God did provide he said God will provide why because when you read Hebrews he knew that God was not only there to provide a physical need God met his need physically but he knew the provision that God was speaking about in the act he was committing was about another lamb that was going to be born that would take away the sins of the world. You don't believe me? Look at Jesus. When Jesus was walking around, they walked up to him, the Pharisees, and they begun to say all sorts of uh, insulting things to him. One of them was, we know who our father is. They tried to slight Jesus because Jesus didn't have an earthly father. So they tried to make it out like, hey, wait a minute. You don't have your father, which means you're a child that was born. We don't know what Mary did. We don't really know who you are you're an illegit illegitimate child and Jesus turned around and he said y'all talking about who's my father I, I, I know who your father is your father's the devil hallelujah and then he begins to talk and then he says something very interesting he says this he says Abraham 
saw my day. And Abraham rejoiced because he seen my day. Now Jesus ain't never existed at no time of Abraham or did he? Hallelujah. When did Abraham ever see Jesus' day? He saw it when he said, oh, the Lord will provide. And this is why Hebrews says about him and every believer, this is what Christianity is about in Hebrews. He was not looking for a just a promised land that, that, that was physically on earth, but he was looking for a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. And how are we going to get there? The Lord will. I can show you this throughout the Bible that our God provides. Every time a need is created, God provides. Every time, from the minute men fell in the garden and they sinned and they needed a savior, the very first words is, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the... Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. The minute they fell into sin, God had a savior. I want you to know that God don't even provide the same time the problem occurs. Before the problem occurs, the Bible says before the foundations of the world, God already made the answer before the problem arise. Go figure that one out. We had Jesus before the sin ever occurred. Whatever you're going through in this room, the answer was there before the problem. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. But sometimes the answer don't look the way we want it to. The answer never looks. I'm reminded of when they got into the wilderness and they left Egypt and they had all the good food in Egypt. And sometimes when they talk about the food in Egypt, I'll be wondering something wrong with these Israelites. They'll be talking about we had good onions in Egypt. Sometimes when you complain, you, you, talk, you make nasty stuff sound good. When you get hit with a problem, you make places that God delivered you from sound good. I've never bragged about an onion in my life. I ain't going to get no help in this house. I ain't gonna, I've never ran home to Sister Sherry and said, Sherry, what you want to eat today? Babe, we're going to eat some onions. It was never the case. These dudes be talking about, we had onions back in Eden. Like, what are you talking about, bro? But you always make places God delivered you from better than the place he's trying to take you to. And whenever God begins to provide, it confuses you that God took them in the wilderness. And as they were in the wilderness, the Bible says that God rained bread, manna down from heaven. And it was every day they had it. Every day God supplied their, their meal, hallelujah, uh, bread from heaven. It takes me back to Jesus, hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted and tested in the wilderness. And when he was hungry, the spirit of God led him into the wilderness where he was tested by the devil. And while he was there, the enemy came and saw that he was hungry and said, can't you turn these stones into bread, hallelujah. Turn the stones into bread turn the stones into bread the problem that he that I have with that is that he's telling the bread of life to make bread how many of you know that when you're bread you don't need to make because you are bread hallelujah and the Bible says that Jesus turned to him and says man does not live by bread by bread alone but by every word who is the word 
proceeds from the mouth of God. He is bread. He is the bread of life. He is the manna from heaven that came down to dwell among the people of God. And still they didn't recognize it because when God makes provision, sometimes it don't look the way we want it to look. But God is a provider. I can show you this if I had enough time to walk through scripture and show you from beginning to end that every need God's people had, God had an answer for. Which brings me to my text today. Hallelujah. Elisha. Elijah. My son's name is Elisha and I say that a lot at home. Elijah. The Tishbite. Shows up out of nowhere. Well, there's a story occurring here before Elijah got here. And that story goes a little bit like this. The kings of Israel, one named Esau, was living good in the sight of God. But after him, all the kings just begun to sin. And it got to this one king by the name of Ahab, who was a horrible sinner, who had no respect for God. And the Bible says that Ahab sinned in the sight of God. He desecrated the land. He had no type of regards for the things of God. He went and married a woman, a Phoenician woman, who served a foreign god by the name of Jezebel. Come on, somebody. We don't hear that name on a lot of kids often. Don't nobody run around and say what you want to name your daughter, Jezebel. That name carries a lot with it. When you call somebody a Jezebel, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Hallelujah. A Jezebel is an indication that there is a character, deep flaw in that person. Well, I'm not talking about the name that you would give. I'm talking about the Jezebel who gave us the name. That's who he went out and got married to. And the Bible says that Ahab went and he built a temple to the God of Baal. And practice Baal worship among God's people. How many of you know the God we serve does not share his glory? I'm going to take my time right here. How many of you, if I could get some more volume on this, Mike, I've been struggling with this thing. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the God we serve does not share his glory with anyone? It's either God is God or he ain't God at all. But he will not be a second class God. He will not be a lot of people say this, God is a part of my life. God ain't, God ain't never signed up to be a part of your life. Think about what we say. I love the fact that God is a part of my life. So what's the rest? God doesn't want to be a compartment of your life. God wants to govern the whole life. What does that mean? My marriage is governed by God. My finances is governed by God. The way I live is governed by God. The way I I choose a career is governed by God. My everything must be governed by God. And the Bible says that this man married Jezebel and built an altar to Baal. And 
had the people of God practicing Baal worship. Baal, hallelujah, was the storm god. Y'all ain't with me yet. Y'all ain't with me yet. Hallelujah. I got to sleep in church today. Baal was known as the God who was the God of the thunderstorms who rides on a cloud. And he can make it rain and not rain. And God lifts up a prophet out of nowhere and says, go to Ahab. And what are you going to tell him? This is what this first verse you see of this man's life is a direct challenge to the evil the king was doing. He said, go and tell him it's not going to rain until I say so. Let's see who's really the God of the rain. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he went, hallelujah, and walked up to Ahab and said, Ahab, it's not going to rain until I say so. Here's my first point to everybody in this house. Evil has an expiration date on it. God will not sit by and let evil just flourish. I came to tell every devil in the land, every demonic stronghold that is across the world today that seems to be winning and elevating and permeating in pop culture. You can't watch nothing on television without a satanic ritual or something demonic and they act like we're just joking about it with symbolisms and they go on with alternative lifestyle and everything anti-God and it's now permeated from pop culture into legislation where nowadays you look at the people in charge and you begin to wonder what is going on in the offices that are leading us. They make decisions that are evil. Evil is everywhere. Nowadays it is bad to speak good on the job. If you actually go in with a t-shirt that says God is good, you're liable to get fired faster than if you walked in with something that's saying Satan is good. If you walked into the school with satanic clothing, they'll say that's freedom of speech. But when you walk in with anything God, they'll say that's wrong. They'll welcome every other religion in our school system. They can even practice their religion in the school system. But the minute the teacher sees a kid falling down and says, let me pray that God gives you strength, he or she will lose their job. We teach our kids all types of stuff. Nowadays, America is so hypocritical. We go online and we have these, when people are pregnant, they call them revealing parties, where they do something crazy and either pink or blue flies out. But you're wrong. In America, you don't never decide the gender. The kindergarten teacher now decides that for you. And we are looking at a place like never before where worship to everything other than God is being lifted up, lifted up, lifted up. Oh, but don't think I'm going to blame the world for being the world. Sinners will be sinners. My problem is not that sinners are sinners. My problem is when you look at Israel. Israel is starting to look a lot like the world. Fornication is rampant. Church of God, people don't even think fornication is a sin anymore. People come and talk about we did a marriage in our our living room to God so that we can have intimacy. The devil is a liar. You shacking up. People of God, people of God would lie for money. 
People of God would sell their soul out for money nowadays. People of God would get every gifting that God has ever given them, fall to waste and never use them for God because Baal offered them money. My problem is the church of God when all everything we do is seeming to want to be accepted by a world that will never accept you. If God is not pleased with what I'm doing, then what are we doing? And the Bible says that this man did evil, but I came to tell every devil in hell, evil has an expiration date. Every gossiping voice that has ever spoken against you today, listen to me in the name of Jesus, it has an expiration date. Every lie that was ever told about you, hallelujah, it has an expiration date. Everything that the enemy has ever brought up against you, it has an expiration date. If you're on the job and they're lying about you, I came with some good news. It has an expiration date. If you're in a career where, is, where they're coming against you I came to tell you it has an expiration date evil has an expiration date and Elijah walked up and said I challenge your God it is not going to rain if Baal is God let it rain and the Bible says God shut up the heavens now when God gives a problem you're not exempt from it Because if he's going to cause a famine, you're going to be in it. But here's my next point. When God permits, he provides. Let that sink in. If God permits suffering, he's going to provide comfort. If God permits lack in society, he'll provide bread. If God permits something, he will provide. And so God says to him, you don't got to worry, Elijah. I got you covered. And I came to tell everyone in this room, it don't matter what this world is doing. God got you covered. Amen. And God says, this is how I'm going to feed you. I want you to go into a strange place by a brook. And this brook is going to have water. You're going to drink water from there. And not only that, ravens. Now, I don't know if you know anything about ravens. Ravens are not the nicest birds. As a matter of fact, ravens are not known for sharing their food with anybody. As a matter of fact, raven, they usually fly around when somebody's about to die and begin to look at carcasses in different places to eat because they're greedy birds. God showed me something here that blew my mind. God will take the weirdest of places, the strangest of places that wasn't even part of their nature, break their nature, and cause them to bless you. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying in this house. Here's my third point. In life, you got to expect the unexpected, a famine. But not only expect the unexpected, expect an unexpected move of the Holy Spirit too. 
When the unexpected occurs, don't just look at the unexpected in awe, but look over and say, I know God got something. If this is happening, I know he's got something else on the way. And God, my next point is God will provide in extraordinary ways. Let me tell you, I am a witness to the goodness of God in my life over and over again. I can tell you about times and times again when I had nothing to eat, when I had nothing, uh, we didn't know how we going to pay the next bill and God came through. I can tell you in my early days of ministry, hallelujah, when we had bills due and we didn't know what to do and one man called me up one night, he said, hey, I'd like to buy a CD. And so something said, walk with the box of CDs. Back then, a CD CD is like this round, never mind. Uh, uh, back then, I, I walked with the box of CDs and I went to the man and I'm thinking back then $10 was a CD and I walked up to the man with my, my $10 CD and I, 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 he said, can I come? And, I, and he came by the car and he, he stood there. My wife was in the back seat. You remember this? Hallelujah. It was somewhere there over in Queens. Hallelujah. And he said, you know, I'm expecting $10 because I needed this $10 to pay my bills. I was a young minister. This is how I made my living. The man said, you brought one CD? I said, but you said you wanted he said, no, I want 50 CDs and immediately took 50 CDs and bought the CD. I can tell you stories after stories when I, when, when I still don't know how I'm a home, homeowner to this day. When I walked in to buy my first house, I, I didn't go in to buy a house. I went in to rent. Sevy was just born. We were living in, in, in Sister Jackie's house, in my mother-in-law's house, me and Sherry in a room. And I know I couldn't live there forever because you just can't stay in people's house forever. You got to get your own. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You got to get out. And so, 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 so as your kids grow, you, sometimes we make our, anyway, that's another sermon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I had to get out. Now, Sister Sherry said, let's go look for renting. We went to a basement apartment, looked at it, and it was cool. And my wife said, you know what? I just feel like I should trust God and own a house. I looked at her and said, I ain't, I don't own, I don't even own a car. Hallelujah. Much less a house. And so we went to a real estate agent and walked in there and the man looked over at me and, 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 and he saw me with braids and he saw you know he didn't know what fly was the devil is a liar but he looked at me and this is what this man said to me I'm trying to preach somebody out of their nonsense today I know I'm preaching better than y'all are responding but I ain't gonna stop until you get your breakthrough and this man turned to me and he looked at me and he said this he said he looked like a renter I said look like a rent I said you know who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God I turned to sister Sherry this is true she'll testify this I said call every real estate agent and tell them we looking for a house she said we don't got no money where we gonna get a down payment I said don't worry about it and I tell them whatever number they want we got it I wasn't lying I was faithing And Sherry called and called and called and called. And I remember when it was time to when we finally got a house, your job came through and began to bless you with all types of privileges that we didn't even know. And then my job came through and started sending all of a sudden whatever we needed. Hallelujah. God supply. I was living in that house. I was living in that house brought me so much joy. Hallelujah. It wasn't big. It wasn't a mansion, but it was mine. When I swept the front, I thought to myself, I'm sweeping my own house that God provided. I was 20 something years old. And by that time I was forced into ministry. I didn't chose the game. The game chose me. Hallelujah. I was forced into ministry. y'all. Let me tell you what happened. Every time I would go to school, I was a teacher in a private school. I would get up there and I would teach and I would, I would love the kids, but I 
hated my job. I hate, I knew this wasn't the calling of God on my life. I like kids and I knew we would talk more than I would teach. Some of y'all teachers in here know you're probably guilty of this too. You have more conversations than you do anyway. That's my fault. Pray for me. If your kid messed up because of me, I apologize. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I was, and one day, and, and then people started calling my phone one after the other. Can you come here to minister? Can you come here to minister? Can you come here to minister? And every time I'd have to walk into the office of the principal and say, I need a day off. 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 My name was. <laughs> At graduation, she came and she said, congratulations, Mr. Ishmael. You're not coming back next year. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you got to go. You got to do what God is calling you to do. And I went on faith. I was a Christian rapper. And God was supplying every need. Hallelujah. Every need. And when Savannah was born, that was 2004. I left and I went into ministry full time. I wasn't pastoring at the time. I was doing Christian rap in a time where Christian rap was of the devil. But how many of you know there's a God who's able to supply your needs? I got so many opportunities and so many offers that if you switch this, compromise that, move this a little bit, just switch this around a little bit, do this, do this. I got offered to work in studios to mix secular artist records. I got offered to do everything. I looked at every secular opportunity and said, not if I got to amplify the voice of the devil. How dare I come to church on Sunday amplifying God and on Monday amplifying the devil. I said, the devil is a liar. God, I will trust you. God begun to come through and I remember living in that house and the, 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 the one weekend hallelujah I got these kids and my wife and a young marriage and uh, and the, 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 they told me the sewage pipe in my home was broken now when a sewage pipe is broken that means everything is shut down in your house I said well where is it broken at I'll go fix it put some duct tape on that and we good how many of you know you can't fix everything with duct tape and, 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 and I went and I, 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 I found out, they, they started telling me, hey, the way, where, your, where your pipe is broken is in the middle of the street. I said, cool. That's the government problem. That ain't my, I don't, I ain't on the street. You know the government, you own everything until they got to pay for it. All of a sudden, things you didn't own, you own. New York City is a strange place. Then I found out that I'm responsible for it because unless it's in the main pipe in the street, as long as the pipe going there is yours. So I said, who am I going to call to dig up a street? I started calling people. They telling me 20-something thousand, 30-something thousand to fix this job. And all. I said, we got to sell this house. We, I guess the man was right. I am a renter. But let me tell you something. Whatever God says in, dark, you, in, in the light, you believe in the dark moments. Whatever God spoke to you in light moments, you believe in the... Whatever God said when it was a light moment... You believe in the dark moments. And I said, God, I don't know. I started looking all around to find out, can somebody fix this problem? I met a guy. The guy said, hey, I can fix this problem. I got new technologies called sleeving. I said, what is sleeving? He said, sleeving is when we send a liquid uh, a, a, a thing down here and then overnight it blows up and it hardens and creates a pipe so we don't have to dig up the street we don't have to do any of that is this going to work he said absolutely I said how much is going to cost me that sounds like a $20 job in my mind I was believing God he says sir this is going to be around $13,000 I said ah, ah. 
that weekend, my family had no water, no nothing, and I was scheduled to go to Phoenix, Arizona to minister the gospel. I told my wife, I'm going to go and I'm going to just believe God with whatever money we got that somehow by the time I come back, that God will make a way or we have to sell this house because I cannot afford that. Hallelujah. And so, so what ended up happening was I was with Brother Sam. Hallelujah. I don't need to make you a point of my message, but it was me and Brother Sam. We traveled to Phoenix. I'm telling you about a God who will provide today. I'm telling you about a God who will provide today. We travel to Phoenix, Arizona together. Hallelujah. I got no money. No money in my pocket. No money on the, on the card. No money on nothing. Because I had used everything to spend to try to even figure out the problem in the first place in hiring every person that comes. I was dry as ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we got to Phoenix, I said, all right, at least I can perform tonight. This was the largest African-American church in Phoenix. I said, this, hopefully there's a lot of people. I can sell a lot of CDs, maybe make a couple thousand dollars tonight hopefully if a lot of people buy merchandise go home and maybe I could talk to this man and that's what I'm believing God for and I get there hallelujah and the plane says we lost your bags you remember this Sam and they said we lost your bags and you, you your product is missing and your clothes is missing and everything is missing and and me and Sammy went to the hotel room. It was a fly hotel room too, Sammy. It was intimidating. Hallelujah. And they ushered us up into the upper echelon. Sammy, those, those days will forever remain great between us. Hallelujah. Happy birthday, my brother. Appreciate you more than you know. Hallelujah. And, and, and we were up there and the man, the man who was hosting us called and he said, hey guys, I know you lost your bags. Uh, a couple of guys lost their bags too, but they're going to head over to the mall. Would you like to go to the mall to pick up an outfit for tonight's event? And so I didn't want to say no, because that's going to sound real bad. Uh, uh, so I said, sure, we'll come. My, my plan, my thinking was, uh, uh, I'm going to ask Sam to buy the the clothes for me so we shopping and we looking around and sam is looking and we looking right saying we up in there now sam was a college student at the time sam ain't sam ain't had much going for him like he is now like the great sam that we know now the well-accomplished businessman that he's become today back then he was just sam from saint john's hallelujah staying out of trouble with pastor because if he was in saint john's that weekend he'd be in another service Hallelujah. So, so we were rolling together and we got to the mall and we're looking for our stuff and, 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 and I got ready to go pay. I said, yo, Sam. And Sam said, yo, pastor. I said, yo, we both can't be yo-yoing up in here, bro. And we had no clothes and all the other brothers whose names are very big and high and prestigious were buying clothes like, it, like they were shopping. And, and we were there like, nah, we, we just gonna rock what we got on tonight. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a God who will provide. At showtime, the airlines called and said, we found your bags and we'll bring it to your hotel. Miracle number one begun to happen. I got up on that stage that night and I gave my all. And the pastor of the church said, when are you scheduled to go back? I said, I was scheduled to leave next flight out or whatever. He said, no, I need you to stay tomorrow and preach both of my services. I like you, young man. I was asked to preach. The next morning I was in front of 4,000 people and I preached my head off. And then a second service I preached. I did what I had to do. After service, people just kept coming up to me. Young man, God bless you. 
God bless you. Now, see, some of you ain't grew up in church, so you don't know what that handshake means. But to those who grew up in church, that handshake means something totally different. And what was coming in that hand was, and, and poor ghetto me. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying to you. I was, I was like this. God bless you too. God bless you too. Leaving the people, leaving the people event. I went home and we had to leave directly. You remember this, right, Sam? We had to leave directly from the, air, the, the church and go to the airport. So I took all that they gave me. I didn't know what they gave me. And I stuffed it in my backpack like a drug dealer on a plane, going on the plane, boarding the plane. I came home and I said, Sister Sherry, let me tell you something. I don't know. Maybe God just maybe gave us a couple thousand dollars that we could hold over. And she said, well, bring it out then. Hallelujah. And I opened and we sat in the living room and I unfold the Pentecostal bills. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all know how church people do. They, they'll fold, they will fold a dollar up. Y'all then frustrated many ushers for many years on behalf of all the ushers. I'd like to tell you, stop folding the dollar bills. Hallelujah. And all of them, and we begun to unfold and count. And when we finished unfolding, we begun to count. And it got to a hundred. Then it got to two hundred. And then it started going to a thousand. And then it got to two thousand. Then it got to three thousand. Then it got to four thousand. Then it got, I'm telling you the truth, y'all. It got to five thousand. It got to six thousand. It got to seven thousand it got to eight thousand it got to nine thousand it got to ten thousand it got to eleven thousand it got to twelve thousand it stopped on thirteen thousand dollars I came to tell every person in this room God will provide And with tears in my eyes, I knew I was called. I know there was no devil in hell that was ever going to stop what God has for me. If you ever wonder why I go hard, it's because I feel like Elijah. I feel like sometimes you got to tell Baal, it's not going to rain. As long as there's prophets in the land, evil got an expiration date. And as long as there's salt in the earth, Satan is in trouble. I don't know who I'm talking to in this house, but I wish somebody would understand that the name of your God is the Lord will. That's his name. That's his name. That tell your neighbor that's his name. You're a college student and you got loans? That's his name. You going through depression right now and they trying to put you on meds? His name is he will provide. In the name of Jesus, I break it. I could tell you more stories after that. I could tell you stories after stories of God's provision on my life. Hallelujah. And I always trusted God that he would take care of me. God will provide in extraordinary ways. Listen to this, y'all. This ain't one of my points, but I'm going to say it. People, God's word don't depend on people. People depend on God's word. 
The problem with a lot of us, why we don't stick. Listen, a preacher said this, and I told you all this in Thursday. Think about wealth and riches. Wealth and riches is a pathway to greed. Because you can't really eat but one meal a day. You can't, you, well, some of you. Come on, look at your neighbor. No, don't look at your neighbor. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? You, 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 you can only drive one car at a time. Why do we need five of them in the driveway? That's not about, that's about, that's about show off. That's about, and I'm not saying I'm against it. Do you, do whatever you got to do in life. But the truth is, if we examine ourselves, it's only one meal at a time. And the Lord gave them manna one day at a time. But they wanted, look at, look at them. What happened when the manna fell? He said, don't store it up. It will rot. Guess what they did? And guess what happened? Human beings, that's what we want. We're greed. I want more because it's a big competition between us. If we don't got enough followers on Instagram, we don't feel. Imagine Instagram validates your life. If we don't got enough this and we don't got, we don't got enough, we feel like nobody's. The devil is a liar. And the Bible says that God fed this man and every day he had two meals in a land that was famished. And then the brook dried up. And he goes to a woman. The whole of Israel is starving. Look at God. Jezebel the Phoenician has got Israel worshiping their God. God takes the prophet in the Phoenician territory to change a woman. You think God don't, God, God don't play. He, the same thing that she's trying to do, God is hiding him in the enemy's camp. In the enemy camp, that's where he's hidden. And he meets this woman and he says to her, give me some water and bake me a cake. Prosperity is a byproduct of how, how effective management of whatever God provides. I'm going to say that again. Prosperity is a byproduct of an effective management of whatever God provides. Prosperity is not about abundance. It's about effective management of what God provides and he met a woman who only had a jar of flour and a jar of oil she can prosper based on how she is about to manage this So you might not have nothing today, but I'm telling you, the nothing that you have, you can prosper depending on how you effective. Can I just talk about money there for a little bit? When it comes to money, a lot of people are broke, not because you don't get money. You're broke because the money you have don't stay with you for too long. Do you really need to get your nails done every week? I mean, what's that about? (laughs) 
that shoe closet ain't big enough? Do you need another pair? Do you really need that perfume? That one was personal. <laughs> and then you complain that you have no money and you don't have a down payment on a house and the car don't got no gas and your marriage is messed up because y'all are broke but your hair is done. You beautifully broke. I'm blessed now. If I want something, I can go out and get it. But not because I can get it means it makes sense. It was a time I sacrificed. I know what it's like to say, no, no, we're not going to eat out every day. I could eat out now if I want to, but there were days when I said, cup of noodles. Laugh, laugh, laugh. But while you were eating steak and filet mignon, you were only eating one meal a day that was giving you high cholesterol. Food is to sustain the body as long as you sustain me. But I can't go spend what I don't have and then be mad at my life when I'm broke prosperity is effective management of what you have and all this lady had was a jar of flour and a thing of oil and God says I'm going to test her with all that she has oh this is the part the church don't like because the first rule of managing anything God has given you is to make sure he get his first. What happened to the amens? Where did they go in the church of God in Jesus Christ? And that's something about God. People often give to God whatever is left. People divide up their bills, they do every, and every devil in hell that will watch this tape later and try to comment on the bottom note, I'm going to erase your comment because I don't care. Stingy people always have a problem with this type of lesson. But here's another point I was going to say. God judges men by the size of their offerings. Where'd you get that from, Cain and Abel? told y'all I came to preach today. It's one o'clock. Savannah's probably saying, hurry up, dad. <laughs> I'm almost done. Cain and Abel brought offerings to God. And one man's offering was accepted because of what he, he gave. The difference was Cain gave whatever little fruits he could gather. It cost him nothing. He already know he has more. The other boy gave a life. There's no guarantee I'm going to get one back once the one is gone. And God says, I've accepted yours. Cain is big mad. 
why you didn't take mine? He said, if you did what your brother did, wouldn't I accept it too? God judged these men based on what they brought. So while I know I'm saved by grace, and I know I could do nothing to earn it, God is watching what I'm giving. And that's not just offering. That's time. That's talent. That's energy. That's resources. That's all that he's blessed me with. He watches how you use it for the world. And when it comes to the kingdom, he sees that you always got to sleep or you got you too busy then. Judges men on the size of their offering. And I'm here to tell you, honor God with what you have. The woman was told, first thing you do is bake me a cake. If I had time, I could preach on bread here for a minute. The bread, the bread, the same bread that the woman said, I will take a crumb for the bread of life, the bread. Here was Elijah going to her for bread when the reality is the only reason you are about to get bread is because I'm here. This bread would not come if I wasn't present. This bread would not be here if I wasn't here. And Jesus, hallelujah. It's so crazy because the two people that dealt with bread, Elijah dealing with bread with the woman and, and Moses dealing with bread, manna fallen from heaven, are the two people when he went and he transfigured, he was talking to. I wonder if they were talking about bread. Oh, I could go on and on. Give God, honor him with what you have. Never say, I can't afford to give to God. Instead say, I cannot afford not to give to God. Never say, I can't afford to go to church. I cannot not afford to go to church. Never say I can't give my time and my talents to the things of God. Never say my resources are not his. Never say my marriage is not his. Whatever you have, give it to God. And the Bible says, I'm done. I'm getting ready to close. Hallelujah. Can we have some church in this place? Give me this mic too. Hallelujah. I got a God who's able to supply all your needs. I look around at society and society says that we are in inflation. Inflation and the gas price is high. Come on, somebody make some noise for that. Come on, how many of you tired of the gas price? Yeah. Only two people? Y'all ain't mad. All right, don't worry. Either. Wait till they raise it to five. Then y'all gonna be, come on, the gas price is high. Hallelujah. Eggs is how much now? Seven dollars for some eggs, hallelujah. Nowadays you frying half an egg just to make it last longer. Chips is expensive. And if you got kids like mine, you start to hide the chips in the house because the minute you bring it in, the Doritos is gone, hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you got a husband like Sister Sherry's husband, you hide every food because wherever she put it is gone. Prices are high, hallelujah. Clothes is expensive. Back to school is expensive. You go buy a pencil and it's like a pencil and you start to think like me. I said, why don't they put these kids on an iPad? An iPad is cheaper than all this backpack supplies and it do the same thing. 
you got prices going up and rent is high in New York. Hallelujah. Oh man, forget it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a man who ran in New York one time and his whole campaign slogan was the rent is high. He said more, but the rent is high. Hallelujah. And I was, I was going to vote for him, but he ain't make it all the way to the end. Because I, I, that that's all you had to tell me. I said, that's a New Yorker. Hallelujah. You paying $4,000 and close to $5,000 for rent and, and the prices are high and food is tough and, and your cost of living keeps going up. Hallelujah. And the world around you keeps making decisions that seems like there's no hope in sight there's nothing and here you are trying to live for God and do right and it seems like the only way to get by is I might have to do something that is against my character or I might have to do something I don't even feel he's called me to I want you to know hallelujah that if you put God first God is able to take your little bit and supply all your needs I got a brother that watches from St. Kitts the same thing that happened to this woman happened with him hallelujah when 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 we used to send him years ago I came to this church and I said church of God I got a friend in St. Kitts that I want to send two barrels to packed with canned goods some of you are old school you might remember that some of you might not because he takes these boys hallelujah that are juvenile delinquents he goes to the prison because they're too young to go in prison and he acts the prison for them and he had a ministry called save our son well, I came to Church City back then and I said, I want to help save our sons. Can we send two barrels? Can I tell you something about the barrel? Hallelujah. The Bible says, Elijah said, lady, go bake the cake. Honor God first with the cake and you will never, ever lack. Bring the bread. And the Bible says that she begun to make, hallelujah. She went and she gave it to the prophet and she went back day two and opened up and to her surprise it wasn't to the top it wasn't to the bottom it was still at the same place it did not move an inch lower or an inch higher God was supplying all of her needs according to his riches and so that day she made a meal and a son and her thought maybe we gonna die today tomorrow the Spirit of God said check the barrel again and when she checked the barrel again supernaturally there was still enough y'all ain't here what I'm saying in this house there was still enough and you say pastor that's a crazy story but can I tell you the God that I serve is the same yesterday today and forevermore I sent that barrel to that man years ago and about a year later he called me and he said pastor do you know that barrel is still a blessing to the boys I said what are you talking about he said every time every time we go to that barrel and we take our last cans out and we are hungry and we have no funding no food to eat one of the boys them would say go check the barrel again and when we walked over to the barrel to our surprise when we opened y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying in this house there was canned goods showing up to sustain those boys our God is able to provide and it's 
not just physical needs the man said God will provide speaking of spiritual needs everything that the believer need everything you need in this house today that you walked into this room with struggling his name is I will provide you don't have to leave the same you came in this room every head bow every eyes closed in this house in the name of Jesus